Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is the COSO 2013 framework? This week, we turn our attention to COSO with an introduction to the organization and its framework for internal controls. I will go through the internal controls and how they relate to compliance. Finally, I will end the discussion of the evaluation of internal controls through the COSO framework. What is COSO? This acronym stands for the Committee of Sponsoring Organizations of the Treadway Commission, which originally adopted in 1992, a framework for the basis to design and then test the effectiveness of internal controls. It was deemed necessary to update this more than 20-year-old framework in 2013 so that it provides a very supportable approach when adversarial third parties challenge whether a company has an effective controls. Internal controls. While the COSO framework is designed for financial controls, I believe that the SEC will use the 2013 framework to review a company's internal controls around compliance. This means you need to understand what is required under the 2013 framework and show adherence to it or justify an exception if you receive from a letter from the SEC asking for evidence of your company's compliance with the internal controls provisions of the FCPA. COSO has produced three volumes detailing the 2013 framework, which I'm going to refer to throughout this week. The first lays out the framework and is entitled Internal Control Integrated Framework, which I'll call the Framework Volume. The second is the Illustrative Guide entitled Internal Controls Integrated Framework Illustrative Tools for Assessing Effectiveness of, the, of a System of Internal Controls, which I'll call the Illustrative Guide, which discusses how best to assess your internal controls regime and provides forms and worksheets for using that exercise. The third volume is the Executive Summary, and all three work well to form an excellent starting point for the exploration of the COSO framework and how you might use it in your best practices FCPA compliance program. The 2013 framework was a basic framework retained the with substantial report support rather from companies and it added three specific objectives. Operations objectives including the effectiveness and efficiency of operations, safeguards safeguarding assets against loss, two reporting objectives, internal and external financial reporting, and three compliance objectives, adherence to laws and regulations to which the entity is subject. According to the guidance in the 2013 update, the system of internal controls can be considered effective only if it provides reasonable assurance that the organization has, among other things, complied with the applicable laws, rules, and regulations, and external standards. With the addition of these specific objectives, the COSO framework now specifically includes the needs for controls to address compliance with laws and regulations. 
The COSO 2013 framework defines internal controls from bottom to top with the following objectives. Control environment, risk assessment, control activities, information and communications, and monitoring. From these five objectives come 17 principles, which I will be exploring throughout this series. Larry Rittenberg, in his book, COSO Internal Controls and Integrated Framework, said that the original COSO framework from 1992 had stood the test of time because it was built as a conceptual framework which could accommodate changes in the environment, globalization, organizational relationships and dependencies, and information processing and analysis. However, the updated 2013 framework was based upon four general principles, which include the following. The framework shows internal control should be conceptual, which allows for an updating of them and evolution. Two, internal controls are a process which is designed to help businesses achieve their business goals. Three, internal controls apply to more than simply accounting controls. It applies to compliance controls and operational controls. And four, while it all starts with tone at the top, the responsibility for the implementation of an effective internal internal controls resides with everyone in the organization. For the compliance practitioner, this final statement is significant because it speaks directly to the need for the compliance practitioner to be involved in the design implementation of internal controls for compliance, not simply to rely upon a company's accounting, financial, or internal audit function to do so. The primary objective to keep in mind, even if an organization adopts the framework, there will be very few people in within the organization who have the unique knowledge that a compliance officer has that would impact all of the elements of the COSO framework. The compliance officer's role is to provide input to the chief financial officer and others involved in the implementation to be sure that there is a proper focus on the risks that are really a part of the compliance world. The primary risk, this rather, this primarily comes through the risk assessment component, the control activities, and then the monitoring. Companies typically do risk assessment from an operational standpoint and address business risks going forward, then develop the controls that deal with those business risks, which could be project financial results, doing business in certain countries, strategic decisions, and similar issues. All of this puts the compliance function in a unique position to be the fulcrum on many issues which will come up with a COSO-based analysis or implementation. The updated framework retained core definitions of internal controls, those being control environment, risk assessment, control activities, information and communication, and monitoring activities. Further, these five operational concepts are still visually represented in the well-known three-dimensional COSO cube. In addition, the criteria used to assess the effectiveness of an internal control system remain largely unchanged. The effectiveness of internal controls is assessed relative to the five components of them and the underlying principles supporting the components. However, the emphasis is on the principles, which is new to the 2013 COSO framework, can be seen as both a preventive and detect control. He also related that your internal controls need to be sustainable over the long haul. You cannot build one thing, one-off things that allow you to do one period, something one period, and not have a process in place that will help you get through all of the periods of reporting which you need to cover. The controls cannot be a one and done, unlike the University of Kentucky basketball. As we explore the COSO framework, the compliance practitioner should understand how the entire framework interacts and intersects with the compliance function in a manner which is sustainable throughout the organization. So what are today's three key takeaways? First, you must use the COSO framework or some other similar source for your internal control structure. Two, 
The 2013 framework identifies five following areas, control environment, risk assessment, control activities, information and communication, and monitoring that you must both assess and implement internal controls around. And finally, do not be like the University of Kentucky basketball team and one and done. Your internal controls must be sustainable. Thank you very much for listening to day 14 of one month to more effective internal controls, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 15. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Internal Controls. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it would help in our rankings. The word out about the only one month podcast series, which enables you to design, implement, and enhance a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, for sponsoring this month's series. This production of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join me again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.